welcome you back to another episode of Between Us and Y'all. I'm Yasmin. I'm Nafis. And this is another episode of Between Us and Y'all, a safe space for mothers and their young adult sons to have the conversations. We're happy to be back and we're grateful for the support we've received thus far. Today we have some guests that we're going to introduce shortly. We are going to be continuing the conversation of navigating and utilizing resources. Nafis and I started the conversation already. Our guests today are going to share in a second part of the conversation about this particular topic, and they're going to be focusing specifically on understanding what's known as an isusu and religious versus human resources as it relates to navigating and utilizing resources. So before we get into the topic, let's let our guests introduce themselves. Hey, good evening. I'm Yinka. Uh, I'm Ayinde Prasun. Uh we are here from Atlanta. Um, Ende is my oldest son. Uh, he's the third, third yeah. or fifth of five children. And um, thank you for inviting us to join in the podcast, uh, join the community and the family in this discussion. We really appreciate it. All right. And Ende, what, what grade are you in now? Um, I'm, yeah, I'm in 10th grade. I was about to say 11th because... <laughs> school is kind of out of whack, but yeah, I'm in 10th grade. All right, cool. We, we wish you luck in the, with the next school year. Hopefully everything will be as normal as it can be, and we wish you luck with that. As we usually do on every episode, we like to advertise for local businesses, um, and today our guests are actually going to be telling us a little bit about her business. So Lisa, can you tell us about your business? Sure. Um, so uh, my business, my floral business is called Ruby Royal Floral. Uh, we do floral arrangements and event design. So um, for the floral arrangement, we mostly focus in on holiday. So we just had the Mother's Day celebration and holiday. So um, you can call um, or email or IG um, instant message over um, Instagram if you are wanting something outside of a holiday. And our floral arrangement is generally tied in and connected to holidays and then of course uh any event you're having birthdays weddings anniversary um just because i love you a dinner celebration that you want to make extra special we do all of those things so and you can contact us for that um, i'm sorry i didn't hear you what's the contact information how can they reach you uh 770- 882-9515 and Instagram is at Ruby Royal Floral. Um, again, at Ruby Royal Floral. All right, cool. Thank you so much for sharing. It's always great when we have guests that have businesses. Um, sometimes people just don't know that someone else has a business, but I'm sure everyone loves flowers, you know, all the time. So you can support Mama Yinka with her business, um, flowers if you're interested. Hopefully you are. And I've seen her arrangements myself. They're pretty awesome. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Okay, cool. So we're going to jump right into our questions. Um, as we normally do with all of our guests, we like to start with our general standard first question. And this, this particular question has to do with a motto. And so our family motto is work hard, pray hard, love hard, and play hard. We try to incorporate that in everything that we do in every area of our lives. Do you all have a family motto? And if so, what is it? So, uh, Ayanda and I are discussing this. We had a family motto. We don't, um, yeah, we don't We have, don't know what it is anymore. <laughs> we can't remember it. Um, so, we, we appreciate the question and the reminder. Um, 
to, you know, revitalize that as a practice. Uh, you know, we see and saw that you all utilize your model to guide you all's life decisions and how you move in your life. And that's really awesome and great. So yeah, we, we're gonna pick that back up. So Allende and I worked on a motto. Uh, you all know, it's a lot of us over here. So it's a, this, this new motto is a work in progress. This is what he and I came up with. We're gonna run it across the, um, you know, run it with the other siblings and see, you know, what they say and think and, you know, it might get expanded or reduced or something like that. So this is what we came up with, uh, the two of us. So. Okay, so we had seven principles to live by, live life well, have fun, be happy, make mistakes, own them and learn with them, travel and explore yourself in the world, eat well and be healthy. Wow, I love that motto. That's really, really, really versatile and it allows you to be able to be free and to make mistakes. It's a real good one to have on there because as we're growing, you need to have the freedom to be able to do that. So that's dope. I think it's a pretty good model. And I support y'all in revamping that and making sure everybody else is on board with it. So good luck with it. All right, cool. So we're gonna jump into our next question. Now Pinkton's gonna be asking. The next question is, as we continue our conversation on navigating resources, is it important to be first to be first to be first to be sure we have defined what resources are? Please share how you you and your son identify those resources. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, me and my mom, actually we came up with uh, different definitions. I said I kept it simple. Anything that has the potential to add value to your life. Yeah, and so for me, resources are uh, people, businesses, thoughts, ideas, practices, investments, any work or job that add joy, value, um, and or financials to your life. Wow, I love those definitions. Did you want to add anything about your definition of resources? I don't have it. <laughs> and see, you guys covered all of the ones we would say also. I really like those. So thank you for sharing those. All right, and for our listeners, um, if I hope that you were paying attention to the definitions that this family offered because they cover a lot of different areas of our lives. And oftentimes, if we're not identifying what our resources are, it's hard to support them and it's hard to cultivate them as well because you really don't know what they are. You might be overlooking something. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. For our next question, when we discuss the idea of resources within a community, some community members participate in approaching monetary strategies collectively. We've heard this process being called an ISUSU. Can you explain what an ISUSU is? So um, I know what, well, I know roughly what an ISUSU is. It's um, where you get together with your community and you like put money in at the agreed time you draw ballots and whoever's chosen gets all the money and you do this kind of in a cycle so that everybody has a chance to win and grow and yeah that's how i understand it out yeah so just to add to Allende's definition um it's a group of people usually community or family um with a set amount of money that they put in um on a set date and let's say it's 10 units or 10 people, then the cycle is determined by how many people are participating. And then um, 
you put your money in and then he said by ballot, but there are actually different ways to determine who will get their Asusu draw at what time. Um, I've participated in different Asusus in different ways. Sometimes uh, there's a, a, a immediate need that a participant might have. And so they might come to the group and especially when it's community and family and say, hey, you know, we're doing the susu and I lost my job and, you know, I know I can do my X amount of dollars and it will really help me to, to be the first person to receive the draw. Um, so sometimes it works that way. Sometimes, like you said, as yeah. a ballot. Um, and sometimes I actually have participated actually a few times where people have requested to be the last person to receive the draw um, because they're working on building in a particular way. They, you know, it's, it's three people I can think of specifically that have asked to be to be the very last person and then they get, you know, for their own particular reason. So people can request, um, it can be a draw um, or yeah, those are the two ways generally that I, I know it's happening. Mm -hmm. Is it seem like you're uh, well, I mean, and you know, this is a usually a thing between you and community. So, I guess adapted to your needs is what I would add to that. Yeah, adapted to your needs. You know, it's not a very case-by-case -case basis. So, yeah, that's what I would say. All right, and so I know that the word isusu for our listeners may be new for some of our listeners. Some people may not have heard that word before, but I'm sure our listeners have heard in the Black community what's known as a rent party. And that's something that's been going on in for years in the South and on the West Coast, everywhere, you know, where we have these, we've had these parties where the idea is, you know, it might not even be rent, it might be called a rent party, but we're coming together to give our money in a pot for a particular reason and a particular need that someone has. And that's something that, you know, is very beneficial for families that are in need. You know, maybe like Mommy Inca said, somebody lost their job or maybe they're getting ready to have a baby or whatever it is. But we are identifying that we have the resources with our money to offer, you know, to this particular family or maybe food as well. You know, usually you can't come to a rent party with no food. So <laughs> for our listeners, if you get invited to a black rent party, you don't show up with no food, then you're probably not going to get invited again. <laughs> Can I add one thing? You just I just remembered something that's actually part of my family history. My great-great-grandmother had a restaurant called Half Moon Cafe. And just as I, and this my on my father's side, I wasn't as connected to them, but as I was doing family history and study, I learned that one of the things she did to promote her business is like um, the last Friday, I can't remember specifically when, but she baked cakes. And... Um, so let's say that the slice of cake was $5. She put a $20 bill, you know, wrapped up underneath the piece of, underneath like maybe four or five pieces of slices of cake. And so it's kind of, it was kind of like a lottery, but everybody would come to buy the slice of cake in hopes that they get one of the slices that had the $20 bill wrapped underneath. So it's not exactly a susu. Um, and when you said rent party, it reminded me of that story about my great great grandmother and the Half Moon Cafe. Like that, that was something she did to promote and have people, you know, patronize her business uh, with with her um, pastries and cakes. So. Yeah, I wish wish I could have come to one of them parties. <laughs> it made me think about you know with the um, with Mardi Gras with King Cake, you know that idea that they have with the baby that's baked into the cake and everybody's looking for the baby, but it's like is that good because you have to host the party if you get if you get the baby okay. it's supposedly that you have to host the next party the next year so I'd rather come to your grandmother's party 
thank you for that baby. The baby only. All right, so. Uh, oh, with the next question, you kind of already touched on it, Mommy, but um, have you participated in a shoot suit? And just please just like just explain it or just. Tell us about your experience, the shoot suit you participated in. Um, I, yeah, I've participated in a few. Um, one that was a little different, we were focused on purchasing property. Um, it was right when the 2008 um, financial crash happened, and um, the Mazamoyos, the Fiat Wakesa, they actually uh, originated it and came up with the idea. And so, uh, as most of us know, if we're old enough, uh, at the 2008 market crash, a lot of us lost our homes, uh, which for black people, that's uh, often uh, the seat of our um, financial um, building, you know, often having a home, owning a home. Um, and so the thought was, if we could get ourselves together um, and generate enough income, because the housing prices went down. So the thought was to put money into a pot and then each person um, who would get the pot. And it was a three year, um, I'm kind of cloudy on the details because it was like, oh, eight, but I want to say it was a three year process um, and there were 10 units and, um, so the payout, you would have enough money to purchase a house just straight out at that time. And one thing um, that helped and worked really well in that ASUSU process was we used the Warriors, Hills, and Builders process as a group. All, some of us knew each other really well. Some of us were new to each other. And it was just a means to knit and grow community, knit and grow trust. Um, anytime you're building anything, you know, I have five children and they're all growing up in the same household. They don't always get along. So, you know, just imagining bringing a group of 10 different people and some units have more than one person. So bringing that many people together to work for a common good and cause, we had to um, establish and depend on and utilize this new paradigm kind of, I, I say and think of it as utilizing a new language, an emotional language um, to resolve conflict um, and to show appreciation and to knit and grow ourselves as individuals and as a community to just build healthier bonds. Hmm. Okay, and before I, I answer, well, add something to what you just said, did you get a chance to witness that Asusu that your mom was talking about? And if I'm sure it happened, but I my, don't even remember anything from he was less four. than five years ago. <laughs> he, he was pretty young. Benefit, so that's cool. And you know that it exists, you know, so that's something. But before we move on, I wanted to just touch on, you mentioned the Mazimoyos, you know, and their, um, their uh, workshop, Warrior Hill of Builders. In one of our episodes on mental health and the other one on communication, we discuss them for any of the people that are listening. This is the couple that we referred to that has a workshop that helps to, to help you learn how to communicate, which is a very big thing that can help you manage your mental health if you don't know how to communicate. So that's what Mamiika was referring to um, for any of our listeners who are interested in the Matimoyos. That's a local couple here in Atlanta, and they were the ones that she referred to that um, were working with the Asusu. So cool. All right, so um, what advice would you give to our listeners about the top three things to do and not to do if they have interest in participating in the ASUS? You want to give yours, sorry? Oh, uh, I couldn't think of three because I've never been in one. This is just what I assume okay, it would cool. be like. 
originally said was don't get into an asusu if you don't have the ability to sustain it but talking and discussing with my mother she told me that some people get into asusu to get the ability to maybe to, to build their capacity to build their capacity yes to build their capacity to being an asusu so you know it's not really uh uh, I don't know a thing, but it was just something that I thought was interesting. So yeah. Okay. And my three, um, the three things that I would advise, I guess is the way to say it, um, is to know and trust the people that you are entering the Asusu with. Um, and, you know, I kind of said it before, like we actually, um, with the one Asusu that I referenced in buying the properties, um, everybody actually didn't know each other. So, um, one, if, if, if at all possible, know and trust the people like already have some um, community and relationship with the people that you're entering with. And um, and also make sure you have some process to uh, build and knit trust in the community um, on an ongoing basis. Uh, and that's whether you already know the people or not. Um, and, and the process that we had was Warriors Hills and Builders that I just can't say enough about that. It's, it's really awesome. It's great. It works really well. Again, it was a I want to say a three-year process that we utilized um, in building um, the Asusu with the properties. And that, that I, I, if I had to say one thing that held us together and held us up, it was the Warriors and Healers, Warriors, Healers and Builders process um, that had us continue to knit and grow community, even as people lost jobs, uh, relationships went south, and just, you know, as life happened, uh, we were able to stay connected and to help each other. Um, so um, another point that I think is important is um, to not necessarily always get into a susu for the monetary game. You know, that's kind of a given. Um, also to join it, um, I, I'm about building community and building family. Uh, you know, I was, I was going to a really, I think, awesome family. And I look forward to building community and building family with people wherever I go. And I think a susu is a great way to not only build financially, but um, build yourself, build, build your um, family and community reach to other people. And then my last one, um, and this was something that came out of that Asusu that I referenced, is to work to actively build your business, build and solidify your business. If you don't have a business, then utilize it as an opportunity to, you know, what are you good at? What do you enjoy to um, begin a business? And that was key. Um, like I said, a few people, you know, some people lost jobs in that process. And part of what we decided and agreed upon in that Asusu is that we would help each other build each other's businesses. So, um, you know, if you can have a job, you can depend on a job, and I can't necessarily impact you getting a pay raise at your job, right? Um, and one brother in particular, I still refer Eric. He, he's a, um, he sells and builds and repairs washers and dryers. And I know I refer 12 people to him even since the Asusu has been over. You know, anytime somebody says anything about a washer and dryer, Eric, you know, and, and everybody he's serviced, I'll get you, I, I get you his number, girl. He is excellent. 
So, you know, I was able to, we, we are able, and you know, like you, you could say, hey, Yinka has flowers for Mother's Day. I used to do a food co-op. Hey, you know, everybody eats. You know, everybody might not eat so healthily, but it, it'd be good for you, you know, to incorporate more fruits and vegetables in your business. So if you have a business, if you don't have a business, then establish one. And if you do have a business, that's, a, that's another means and way to help build yourself financially and build community because you know, Eric knows and appreciates that I refer people to him for his business. I can help to stabilize and solidify um, and help he and his family have some um, solidarity in their financials. I can't necessarily do that for somebody's uh, job. You know, I, I can't make, we as ASUSU members can't necessarily make a direct impact on whether or not your job gives you a raise or, you know, you get more money from that. So. Those, those are my three tips. Okay, before we move on, I wanted to um, just touch on two things. The first thing um, is the fact that you mentioned Eric, you know, a specific person who's within your network. We um, had another episode where we were talking about identifying community and what your network looks like. And so for our listeners who did hear that episode, this is exactly what we're talking about, you know, that it's very important for you to understand who has what and who can do what, you know, and your network and call on them and actually utilize their business. Not just know that Eric is a person who does this business, but you can never call him when your washer breaks down and you know that your neighbor, you know, might need that person. Any business that is successful right now is successful because people support it. And it usually starts out by word of mouth and also success rate, you know, so the fact that he's been successful is the reason why people are supporting him. So. We hope that our listeners were listening and anybody who out there might need some, you know, washer dryer repair, we will be sharing his information as well. But um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about before we moved on is the Warrior Healers Builder. Can you tell us just three things for the people who are not familiar with that particular um, process? What, what would you say were the main things that you all used? A couple of, you know, some people you said were strangers that were successful from that particular process. Um, I think overall, just, um, I'm sorry, we, we decided to come up. Can you all hear us well? Sure, we can. You can? Yeah. Um, just, I think for everyone, and, and I think I can say this safely, uh, that we built emotional literacy. And um, often, like, I, I know before I was introduced to the process, I didn't think of that as a thing, you know, being able to actually read and know what my emotions are genuinely. Um, just being raised, like basically it's being able to know and read what you feel. It's, it's emotional literacy. So knowing clearly what it is that you feel, knowing what the message is and how to follow through, um, how we interact with each other and um, how we, like if, if somebody does something that you don't like, um, addressing their behavior and, and, you know, saying that I don't like this particular behavior. And as opposed to, I know, what I often have observed before is an attack on the person personally, so that there's something inherently messed up or wrong with a person, as opposed to, hey, these actions are inappropriate, or I don't like them, or they don't work well for this particular reason. Um, and then, you know, I think another big one was, I, I said and I said again, just, you know, the ability to build each other's businesses, um, to celebrate each other's successes, um, children, you know, our children knowing each other and building with each other and growing with each other. Um, 
I, I think those were some direct um, successes uh, as a result of us utilizing that process. Thank you so much for sharing that. And for our listeners, I hope that you will look into the Mazimoyo um, process that they've created, resource really, that they've created the Warrior Healers Builder um, Workshop. Because the thing is, is I'm sure you haven't been able to go to your bank and receive all of that stuff and receive, you know, emotional literacy training with the people you're borrowing money from, you know. I'm sure that it helps with communication, though, when you're able to communicate on a certain level. So we definitely want to identify that as a resource and a community resource that if anybody's interested, we, we want to support it. So we're going to move on to our next question. Our next question is, within our communities, we consider the tools used within our faith practices as resources. We also consider the people we engage with as resources as, as well. Let's talk a bit about how you and your son both discuss and navigate those, through those religious resources as well as people you rely on for those resources they offer. So, um, so uh, we, you know, as we were discussing this question, like we don't practice a particular uh, religious practice or faith in our household. Um, we do, um, we honor our ancestors. Uh, we have shrines. We uh, are learning. We, we know a little and are learning more about traditional African spiritual practices. Uh, we meditate. Um, we practice tapping or emotional freedom techniques. Um, and overall, you know, we just work to treat ourselves and others with love and care and respect. Um, and just in reference to the question, like, we don't necessarily have a religious practice um no. and so <laughs> uh, i mean yeah what you said we kind of uh practice being spiritually aware i would guess and yeah i don't i mean you, you said something about the people when we discussed it initially um the people that help us in our community oh the people um our, my aunt is a Ifa priestess and she invites us to her party celebration chances to make offerings things all that rolled into one so yeah we go there we uh, make offerings and yeah I mean yeah okay all right were y'all were you gonna say something else about Minka? um because I don't want to cut Seems like we had a more expanded answer when we were, when we were looking at the question. <laughs> we wrote a little notes. Um, it's fine. It's completely cool. It's fine. We yeah. Can, um, I wanted to chime in on that because for this particular question for Nafis and I, you know, when we were thinking of it, one of the things for us as Muslims and also people who support African traditional religions as well, we utilize tools from all types of uh, faith practices and one in particular that I support as far as the tools are concerned is Ifa. you know so I, I can say that it's definitely been beneficial to know you know what types of energies are around you and also what types of energies to avoid you know that's one of the tools that I've learned from Ifa. but as far as Islam is concerned you know for our listeners um, who are Muslim one of the things that we try to do if we identify as a resource is what's known as dhikr, and this is like chanting. It's a chanting that you're saying, of, you're saying different names of God, or you're saying, you know, 
repetitively you're saying this thing over and over and the whole purpose is to it's like an affirmation in a sense you know so we utilize that as a resource and also prayer you know is definitely a resource when you're angry you know you find yourself in some heated argument one of the recommendations um, that people say is to first go and um, wash up and prepare for prayer because it's going to put you in a different mindset you know so we try to do that often and then as far as people, we definitely rely on our community, you know, for all types of things, you know, so my money always is going to go to the folks I know first, and they're usually going to have uh, black skin or brown skin first, because that's just the majority of the people I know here in Atlanta, you know, but that's not to say I don't have some brown skin, you know, Mexican friends or some Latino friends or Indian, whatever, you know what I mean? I support good business. So whoever has it is who I support. You know, it just so happens that in Atlanta right now, my immediate community happens to be people that look like me. Do you want to add anything on that question? Uh, kind of like the, uh, in the same regards, like definitely in terms of like religious practices, maybe like a lot of meditation okay. and also maybe taking time for yourself. And Those are your resources. And also relying on those uh, resources, like you said, maybe uh, going to the community before you just this is one other thing I wanted to add when you were mentioning chance and you reminded me um, about dr. Fukial when you were saying the different names of the creator um, I know one thing that he had said that really resonated well with me um, was that, you know, I know in Islam and in African tradition, like names have meanings. Like we don't just kind of haphazardly name our children and name ourselves. Like uh, our names come with a meaning and we, you know, give them to our children with purpose and meaning. And I just remember um, one thing he said was that um, in terms of like chanting or meditating that you can utilize your own name to call forth the best of you to like you're you're calling on yourself in that repetitive kind of way and and calling forth you so whatever the um like energy and meaning that your parents you know put into naming you if you utilize that as your focus in your meditation or in your chant then you can help to activate and call forth the very best of what is um within you so um I, I just I want to um, offer that because yeah I, I utilize that sometimes and it just really resonates and it is powerful. I love that. And while you were talking, I was just wondering um, before we go into our next question. I want to direct this directly at Ayende and Nafis. You know, for our listeners who are the sons, you know, of the conversations, I want to know how do you feel as far as a, a young man and a family that utilizes, you know, resources in the way that you described. How does that feel sharing that type of information with your friends? Or do you talk about that kind of stuff with your friends? Or is that something you just kind of keep private? Um, that is a really good question. <laughs> don't, don't, you don't have to pretend. <laughs> um, I've never, I've never shied away from talking about my spiritual practices. Okay. And at, I'm not, I don't, at the same time, I'm not especially bringing them up with, I don't know, with uh, enthusiasm. 
<laughs> okay. Not to say that I'm not proud and, you know, really, yeah, proud of my spiritual practices and what we do to maintain ourselves. But kind of when I'm with my friends, I'm not really in that mindset, in that headspace to be doing things spiritually. So I kind of I separate myself. The Allende hanging out with his friends, just kind of goofing off and stuff. And the Allende that is, you know, meditating and um, meditating, offering. I don't, I don't chant, but I chant in my head. The Allende that's chanting in his head and the Allende that's with his friends are two, not very different people, but they're two different people. Okay, that's, that's honest and I have the answer that I wanted. How about you? Um, for me, uh, I kind of like to keep my friends in the loop of like what I got going on spiritually and also like to invite them. So like a lot of my close friends, I like to invite them to the mass shit to see like, you know, in a sense that's me kind of being vulnerable with my spirituality to show them what I have going on and also to show them that, you know, this is what I like to do. Like I like to fast, I like to come here and pray, I like to, you know, that's what I'm offering to people. And I also like to, you know, just to show them like, you know, this is maybe another way that you could do something like bickering or, you know, fasting to get your mind off or something or to be patient or something. So definitely, I, I like to incorporate that in my conversations because spirituality is very important to me and my friends. Okay. And that's cool. Both of those answers I appreciate. And I wanted to make sure we brought that up for our listeners, for mothers who are having a hard time with trying to offer advice to their young men on how do you keep a balance. Maybe you're a person that's like Allende and you're saying, hey, this is a part of my life that I keep, you know, to myself. This is private and that's completely fine. And you want to offer your son some advice on how to navigate that. Because maybe you didn't know, you know, that's how he'd like to approach it. Or maybe you got somebody like Hafiz who's saying, hey, this is what I got going on, and you want to offer advice. It's good to know ahead of time, you know, what your son has going on, listeners, so that you're not stuck when he comes to you and, you know, he's asking you questions and you like, wait, I never thought about this. I don't know what to say. You know, so that, that's why I wanted you both to share. And I commend you, young men, you know, for having the stance that you have, period. Because a lot of people are not thinking about this at all. You know, they're just kind of, living their lives or maybe they're practicing a faith practice that they don't necessarily believe in or they've never really understood and they're afraid to ask questions because it's just the way their family does things you know so we are very much interested in conversation healthy conversation so we appreciate you both for sharing your feedback on that um but i will say that a lot of our friends there's a lot of overlap in our spiritual practices because growing up i went to Afrocentric schools and so usually the people there practice you know Ifa were Muslim stuff like that so I guess I don't well when I said there's a separation there is a definite separation and usually my friends understand and were actively participating in the type of spiritual things that I did so uh yeah I just wanted to say that. Yeah, the thing is, when, when we're in community, oftentimes we are doing things together. So it's almost like unspoken communication when you're together and doing the thing, you know? So that's cool too, because the reality is, is you're with your brothers or you're with your sisters, you know, and y'all are together doing something productive. And that's what matters. 
But thank you for identifying that though, for people that were maybe feeling that same way and wanted it to be fed. And so for our next question, um, where did you all learn to navigate your resources, whether they were religious or human resources that we were talking about earlier? And is this an ongoing process for you? Where did you learn how to do that? So, uh, yes, definitely it's an ongoing process. Um, I would say uh, from my family, the family I was born into, um, I, when we were talking earlier, yeah. like Allende made some, uh, he, he learned some things about my family that I didn't realize he didn't know. So uh, my parents, my dad who raised me um, and my mom, my parents, they initially were um, like Southern Christian Baptists. And then my dad, he started following Islam and my mom started being a Jehovah's Witness. And they actually stayed married for, <laughs> until I was like in my 20s. Um, and despite those um, differences, you know, those, uh, I, I would say sometimes really big differences. Um, and, and I don't think that they would say themselves, you know, like that they would characterize themselves as African-centered and the way that I grew up, um, my family has, has what, what I learned to be, you know, um, from undergrad and being in community, what I heard and learned of as African-centered practices, that's that's what I grew up with. Um, and I think maybe it's the Southern, you know, um, like community building, sharing, showing love and respect, um, uh, reverence for elders, that type thing. Um, I, I think it's an African continuity that is, you know, during the time that I grew up uh, in, in the South, you know, 70s and 80s. It's still true. Okay. Uh, I don't see it like I saw it when I was well, growing yeah, up. Yeah. yeah. I, so it is. It's still true. And I don't see it or experience it the way that I saw it and experienced it um, as a child. Um, so I would say, you know, that there were a lot of um, African retentions and continuities um, that I received growing up in the South during the 70s and 80s. And um, in undergrad, I, I went to Georgia State and um, got a degree in African-American studies. A lot of people know Bob AK, um, his wife and daughter are over Quilombo uh, um, Academic and Cultural Institute. Um, he was one of my first mentors, like my um, first or second semester in undergrad, you know. Um, so he helped me to like deepen and strengthen um, what I already had and knew um, as, you know, as I was growing up and then to see, you know, where it came from and how it was practiced culturally on the continent. Um, and so as I began, you know, having children, having family. Um, just continuing what I received in a way that was more definitively African and, you know, being called African, not just, you know, this is how we do and be in its families, because, you know, that's how we do and be. Okay. Um, I would say my experience has been very different from my mom because my mom kind of, uh, well, I want to say she found it because, like she said, there were a lot of, uh, African retentions growing up, but I was like uh, born into the community, so it's kind of hard to figure out where I learned because everything that I learned was part of, you know, what just who I am. So it was kind of hard to figure out who specifically taught me what and where and when and who. But 
you know, it was a community, which is about your family, bro. Oh, well, yeah, my family. <laughs> I love them so much. Uh, they taught me, uh, like you said, uh, reverence for your elders, respect, love, community, all that from my family, which a lot of my family is Southern. So even if they weren't specifically teaching it from a place of Afrocentrism, they were still teaching it, even if I don't, I'm sure they realized, even if they didn't realize, they were teaching me. They were thought, they were teaching me Southern things, which were African things. So yeah, I learned from my family, the community, all that great stuff. Baba Wakesa, even though I didn't realize it while it was going on, because I was mad at the world at that time. So yeah, everybody taught me everything. How about you? Um, kind of the same answer. Um, like just my family. I really leaning on my mom just to really uh, understand the faith of being in Islam. Because definitely when I was younger, I didn't understand it how much how, how it had an impact on my life. But, but like now it has a more of a really great impact, and I'm really seeing like the benefits. Of community uh, too also the African community because like you said it's how they do things for our listeners um we want to make sure that we you all understand that we consider ourselves African people you know and as Africans there's gonna be religious practices that we pull on and it's nothing wrong with that. You know, you don't have to just stick to, this is all I do, you know, when I consider this to be spirituality. Actually, I support my Christian grandmother and I support her, her prayers. And I know that I've benefited from those prayers and I'm still benefiting now that she's an ancestor, you know, from the things that she said before she transitioned. And those were Christian prayers, you know, and then I had my, I was raised, you know, Muslim, but my family was very non-traditional in the way that we were raised, which is why we're probably the way that we are now, you know, that we pull on different faith practices. So for any of our listeners who are thinking that we might be confused, we have no confusion in our lives. You know, this is an African way and we support it totally and um, 100%. So we want to make sure we said that. And you want to close out with the last question? Uh, and the last question is, is there any advice you would like to offer our listeners regarding that you all want to share as far as advice when it comes to navigating resources so even now I've been working on it a lot I think and I've gotten a lot better but especially when I was younger I was very tentative to enter these spiritual and religious places because I kind of felt like I was an outsider because like you said we don't practice any specific religion and from that learning and growing, I've kind of figured out that the people in those spaces, as much as they know, they love even more to teach, even if you don't dive head first all the way 100% into it, they still want to give you something that you can use. So I would say to um, listen and to learn and to keep your eyes peeled for these experiences. And yeah, just always be ready to take it in and, and absorb from these people that know so much. And I would just like to add, um, basically to trust yourself, um, to trust yourself, like for whatever um, 
because we we talking about resources, we're talking about spirituality, um, we're talking about building. And for me, I'm I'm forty some years old and um I'm still I know it kind of cerebrally now, um, and just really settling into knowing and trusting myself, right? And um to know and trust that what's good and right and healthy for me is what's good and right and healthy for me. And it might not necessarily match what's good and right and healthy for the next person. Um, and so that um, just that it's that it's okay for me to trust myself and for my journey, um, my, my thoughts, my ideas, my way to veer and look a, a bit differently from um, what the next person's might look like um just uh yeah i can't say enough just you know really settling into trusting your your internal um compass your your internal guidance and knowing so i add that you want to add anything um i would say to always in regards to uh i guess to always have an open mind because you know when we're receiving stuff about religion or just leaning on those resources we might hear something that we might necessarily not understand so always be open to learning something new and trying it because uh you if you don't try you would never know how you know what it is or how what that brings to you and also to have faith in yourself and have faith in that you're able to take on the tasks that's at hand Ooh. Before we close out, um, I did want to say that, you know, for the, for the mothers who have been listening, we hope this has been a good um, segue for you if you haven't started a conversation with your young man or your young daughter or your children or even your family about identifying what resources are as they relate to collective um, and susu, the thing that we, we went off with when it comes to putting your money together. You don't. You can't expect your children to support and put their money into something as they get older if they don't understand what that looks like and what benefit it offers. Sometimes we just expect our children to understand and to offer their money, and we say, "How dare you not give money?" You know, to the community when they don't have any idea what it looks like or what's the benefit of it. So it's good to start the conversations early before you know they're approached with that type of thing on their own and being expected to offer their own money that they've worked wherever they work. You know, to something that they might not see an immediate, you know, return from. So that was the purpose of why we had this particular conversation. And we hope that it's been beneficial. This has been another episode of Between Us and Y'all. We want to thank our guests for being here. This has been an excellent conversation. We want to thank you for being here. We um, always encourage our listeners to follow our motto at, at the end of the day work hard pray hard love hard and play hard definitely you know enjoy your life and we appreciate you both for being here and we appreciate everyone for listening we want to thank you thank you guys for being here all right thank for inviting us yeah thank you for having us all right peace y'all have a good evening Ooh. all right <laughs>